you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of The Happy Hour. Today you're listening to part two of our three-part series, all about biblical hospitality. And I'm talking to people who all journeyed with me to the border in November. We're hearing what they learned. We're hearing what they saw. We're hearing what they felt. I want to say happy December 15th if you're listening to this on the day. Today is a great day for a lot of reasons. Number one, we have this podcast series for you that I hope you enjoy. But number two, you guys school is over. I just finished my very first semester at Denver Seminary. And today, all of my work is due. And so I literally get to close my school brain for a couple weeks. And I'm starting to remember what it feels like to be in college and to finish that last class and head home to see my parents. Only I'm finishing the last class and my life looks exactly the same. But my son is home from college. So that is the good news as well. Guys, today is part two of our series on the show previous to this one. If you missed it, please go back and listen to it. I sit down with Becky Kaiser and Jessica Thompson to hear their thoughts from the trip. And today I have two other phenomenal women who joined me on this trip. Julia Curtis and Nikki Ogden both joined me on a trip that was full of happy hour listeners. It was one of the coolest things is a couple months ago, we opened up this trip to you guys, all of you that listen to my show, and so many of you applied, and we just don't have um, enough space on these trips to take all of you. I wish that we could. I wish all 100 or 300 of you could come with us, but that's not how it works. But maybe I'll keep doing them, and then you'll have another chance to come. But uh, Nikki and Julia both joined me on this trip, and it's awesome that uh, Nikki actually works for me at the happy hour. So she is a lot of the brains behind getting these shows out into the world, and so I'm grateful for her. But with this trip, we had the same mission. We we wanted to come in. We wanted to listen. We wanted to learn. We wanted to be in proximity. And so I was really encouraged by both Julia and Nikki on the trip and the questions they had and the way they leaned in and They both share with us today what they learned, what they took away, the questions they had. And, you know, as Nikki shared, I got teary-eyed just remembering my trip there and the complexities of going and seeing the border and then coming home to your life and all your real life things still exist. And so I know as you listen to our conversation, you'll be able to feel our emotions. Guys, I just want to remind you as well that everything we talk about in every show on The Happy Hour, you can find information about it over at jamieivy.com. In fact, we have a brand new website. If you haven't seen it, it's been up a couple weeks and it's quite beautiful, I must say. But we want you to be able to find everything you need there. And so head on over to jamieivy.com if you need any show notes from this episode or any other episode that you listen to. All right, here's my conversation with Julia and Nikki. Okay, our next friend who's joining us today is Julia Curtis. And Julia actually was a part of our happy hour listener trip. So when I went down to the border, there were actually two trips. One was happy hour listeners and one were friends of mine who were in leadership. And Julia is in leadership as well. All the things, it feels weird, differentiated, but you guys know what I mean. Um, And so Julia joined us on that trip. So Julia, tell us what you do in life. Um, So yeah, Um, my name is Julia. I work on the Tana'aka Nation, which is a Native American reservation in southern Arizona, and I've been doing that for six years now. 
I love that so much. Okay, Julia, I have to ask you, what made you want to go on this trip to the border with Women of Welcome and the Happy Hour? Yeah, um, well, I saw that you guys went on the trip a few years ago, and I was like, man, that'd be so cool, um, just living in a border state and living so close um, to the border, um, interacting with Border Patrol a lot. Um, and then I also have some friends who are uh, refugees in the Congo, and so um, something I'm super passionate about, and then I needed to learn more about just how everything works. I love that so much. Um, I We just talked to Jessica Thompson and her, she was on the trip after you and her mom came as well. And you actually were on the trip with your mom as yeah. well. And I was like, <laughs> I love it. Two mother daughter yeah, trips, so which was so great. Um, okay, Julie, I, our trip was really, really great. And I know it was impactful to you in a lot of ways as well. And you know, you mentioned you live in a border state and you do interact with Border Patrol. Sometimes you even talk with us about that on the trip. But I want to ask for you coming into this trip, you said it's important to you for some reason. But what was one of the main questions that you had coming in? Like what was on the forefront of your mind coming into a trip like this? Yeah. Um, so my main question was actually for Border Patrol, since I don't get to interact with them as much as like, you know, where are you coming from? <laughs> and so I wanted to know from them just working on the reservation. Um, it's just kind of well known that Border Patrol and the Native people don't have the best relationship. Um, we have just heard that from Border Patrol officers and then our Native friends. Like I have a friend in Bible study who said the first thing that they see when they see us is they see a suspect. And I hate that, you know. And so I wanted to ask the Border Patrol agent, you know, as somebody who's outside of the situation but does the same thing, is there anything that we could do to better the relationship? between Border Patrol and the people that live right there on the border. And so um, the officer was great. He told me about how I could talk to the border community liaison officer. So that's something I'm hoping to do with a few of my friends from Bible study and just to pray. Honestly, it was really convicting talking to Border Patrol because I think I can be so passionate about um, people who are oppressed. And I'm like, yes, we have to fight for them. But I did not realize that in the way that some of the Border Patrol officers are viewing the Native people as bad people just right off the bat, I was doing the same thing with Border Patrol agents. And I was like, wow, like, these are real people. <laughs> like, they have families at home. Like, they deserve um, to be seen as humans treated with dignity, too. And one of the officers, or well, we only met with one, <laughs> but he talked about how Native, I mean, not Native, Border Patrol officers have the highest suicide rate among any other type of officer in America. And that just really hit it really hard for me because, you know, I'm going through the checkpoint, you know, every week and seeing these people. And I'm like, wow, like that's something I thought I have thought of every time I've gone through the checkpoint since being back. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought it was kind of cool how I like went in with this question. And yes, I want to do more to help better that relationship. But God was also teaching me like, hey, like these are people too. And it is so important that we have the right men and the right women doing this job because they are serving people in their most vulnerable moments and they're interacting with the people you know and love. And so we want the right people doing it who love and care for people. Um, somebody on the other trip shared a quote about how, um, I can't remember who the quote was by, but it was like how evil prevails when um, good men do nothing and I was like man that's so true like we need to pray that we have the right people doing this job um because that's just going to help the situation as a whole so yeah <laughs> that's not the typical that's so good you know it's interesting <laughs> no it's interesting that you went in with the border patrol question because I, I might have shared this with you guys that on the very first trip I ever took I 
live in Texas, also a border um, state. And it was at the time when I traveled down for the first time on a trip with Women of Welcome, it was when it was all in the news about separation of families. Yeah. And so there was an influx of families coming across the borders and the um, the border patrol, the stations, all of it was not set up for families. So there was a separation and it was it was really alarming. It was hard to watch as, as a woman, as a mom, as a Christian. And so I kind of went down there like, I need to hear from these border patrol. <laughs> like they must be the most evil people that's ever lived. And I left going, wow, they have one of the hardest jobs yeah. I could imagine. They only get to do what the government tells them. Their hands are tied in so many situations. I left with a lot of compassion for uh, the officers. And it sounds like you did as well. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So questions coming in was border patrol. What about leaving? What were some of the questions you had as you left the trip? Yeah. Um, I think one of my biggest questions was like, how do we help the church realize what a big problem this is? Uh, because mm. I remember meeting with Pastor Alex and so Pastor Alex talked about how his church does ministry in a place called Whiskey 8, which is basically the place in between the two walls where they're keeping people right now. So people who are seeking asylum and our facilities are just overcrowded. We have way too many people that we can't keep them inside the facilities. And so we're holding people outside with um, no place to go to the bathroom, no shelter. Um, they say that they give them a granola bar, but we're not really sure about that. And um, somebody asked, you know, how many churches are going and helping the people here? And he said they were the only one. And I was just like, what? Like, this is crazy. Like, there are so many good churches in the San Diego area. Like, why aren't we there? But I mean, the, the same question can be asked, you know, for any church, you know, essentially, we have migrants in all of our cities. And what are we doing to help these populations? Um, the truth is that all of our churches can and should be doing something. Um, even like coming back, just reading mm -hmm. different Bible verses that um, Women of Welcome provided, just seeing God's heart for like oppressed people. It's like, we know that this is a huge crisis. Like it's on the news all the time. And are, are we as a church going to do something about it? Or are we just going to say, oh, this is just politics. You know, I think we have to do something. Mm. So really just trying to figure out like, how do we help get more churches involved in this was probably my biggest question. That's so good. Um, when I talked with um, Jessica, she mentioned too about how it was so eye-opening to see how much um, God's love and heart for the migrant is throughout all of scripture. Mm -hmm. And just putting all that together, uh, Matt Sorens from World Relief did such a great job of talking uh, to us through that. Uh, Julia, what did you, when you say like, I went on this trip with Women of Welcome and World Relief, and here is the biggest or best, however way you want to word it, thing that I learned or the thing I'm bringing back with me. Or how, how did you become, what changed in you because of that trip? Yeah, I think I just realized how little I knew about just like the, the politics side and how people get here documented. And I feel like you hear people say all the time, like, oh, well, people need to do it the legal way. Like, that's how they need to do it. And I did not realize that for many people, that's not an option. Like, there is no option mm -hmm. for the person who is just wanting a better life um, for their family. Like, a lot of times, there's no legal way to do that. And Matt did such a great job of explaining that. Um, and so did Women of Welcome just in preparing us for the trip. Um, and they talked about uh, blood, sweat, tears, and luck. And so, you know, I bled. Being, you know, if you have somebody related, but then I didn't even realize, you know, 
that's like taking 15 to 20 years right now. Like that's not even a great option. Think about how much time passes and how much life passes in those years. Um, and I think the biggest thing with, um, so tears is for asylum seekers and refugees. And to just think about how Matt said, like a sob story isn't enough. And that just like really crushed me. It's like, because nobody's thinking if their family is being threatened, you know, if you don't do this, mm-hmm. if you don't give us your business or whatever it may be, um, and we're going to kill you. Like nobody's thinking, oh, can you say that again? So I can get that on my camera mm-hmm. so I can have some mm-hmm. proof when I go to a country yeah. to, to seek asylum. Like nobody's going to do that. And so we have so many people that need to be here, that need a safe place to go and don't have the proof um, that are not trying to bring harm to our country in any mm-hmm. way. Um, and so that just like, man, have just been praying for like those people who are going to show up um, to the border and will be turned away, even though they desperately need to be here. And so that's just like mm-hmm. thrown my heart for those people. Cause you just think about like trial after trial after trial, they have to endure to get here. Like, especially when you have like people walking from, you know, places in South America and, people getting here from Haiti somehow and to finally make it and for them to be like, Oh, sorry. Like your story isn't enough, even though it could be completely true. Mm -hmm. So just wanting to pray for those people a lot more when I see those things on the news, not to just be like, Oh, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand because it's too sad to think about. But I want to actually take time to get on my knees and pray for these people. Because in reality, I would be in the same exact position if I was born in their country, if I was in their situation. And for whatever reason, God decided I would be here. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I think one of the things I leave often from these trips, because we get a a pretty like fire hose two hours of immigration. Yeah. 101 and like it's like just barely touching the surface but often it's like I mean the first time I heard it I was like I've never heard any of this in my entire life and now every time I hear it I'm just like wow I didn't even catch that last time and it just reminds me that it's so complex and that we need to remember that when we watch the news when we have conversations is that Mm there are really smart people who are working on immigration law and it's still very complex and very hard. Like right. it's not, it's not just black and white. And I think that is something that I remember leaving with after the, my first trip is like, Oh, this isn't a black and white issue. Right. This is not as easy or even as hard as people make it out. You know, it's, it's, it's both different ways. So that's how, that's what I love. Um, Julia, I am so grateful that you and your mom joined us on this trip and I'm grateful for the way that you're serving uh, the people where you live. So thanks for coming on the trip. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on the trip and on your podcast. <laughs> if you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. 
Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Okay, y'all, another friend who joined me on my trip to the border recently is Nikki. And Nikki is, how do I say this, a new friend, but also she works for me, which is so great. Um, but Nikki joined us on the first part of the trip as well as Julia that you just heard from. And so that was a great experience to have together. Nikki, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, it's fun to be on this side of things. <laughs> it is fun for you to be on this side of things. Okay, tell everybody what you do in life. You do more than just work for me. So what do you do in life? And then what do you do for me? Okay, so I am a wife um, to a pastor. We planted a church in Orlando, Florida about five years ago. So we are doing that work. We have three kids that are busy with sports and all the things, um, make life fun. And then I am producing podcast shows and happy hour is how I got started doing that. And so I just kind of do anything and everything you need, Jamie. <laughs> so I'll book the guests. We'll move people around, just make sure everything gets published, all the fun stuff. I say Nikki is the one who makes the podcast be, mm -hmm. it's like everything like is in order because of Nikki. And so well, we try. <laughs> here's, what, here's what I've learned. This has nothing to do with our conversation today, but I've learned that you should do the things that you can do. And the thing that I can do best is talk to people. And Nikki does the thing that she can do best. And so it all makes it happen, which is also why I say as a reminder, nothing you see publicly has done been done by one person. There's mm -hmm. always a team and the team is valuable. Okay, Nikki, you went to the border with me and uh, you were with our first group with Julia mm -hmm. and then um, Becky and Jessica, who you guys will hear from as well, were on the second group. And I just want to know for you, what was the first thing that drew you to this? Like you saw the trip come up. Obviously, you, you work on this side of things, so you knew mm -hmm. about it. What made you think to yourself, I think I'd like to do this? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously immigration is kind of a hot topic in the news and, and media. Um, and I, I do live like in Orlando, the west side of Orlando. And so we have a very diverse population here. And I have friends that I've celebrated with that have gotten their citizenship. I have friends that um, my husband has written letters for, for their green card status. You know, so I have had touches um, with immigration, but I have never... Um, kind of embarrassed to say this, I've never really um, have asked the story of immigration, of what brings people here, of why they need a pastor's letter for green card status, or um, even, you know, what was their pathway to citizenship? How hard was that? And so, um, you know, just kind of having the positive interactions with my neighbors, um, but then also seeing a very negative side of immigration on the news mm. um, was kind of causing an internal conflict in my heart. And it was stirring something. And I was growing kind of passionate <laughs> about it, but with no knowledge, no mm. real knowledge um, to go with that passion. And so when I saw your emails, because <laughs> I'm in your inbox, <laughs> so when I saw the emails come through and it was like, this isn't a mission trip. This isn't about what you're going to go and do. It's about you showing up and you learning. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I want to do. And I wanted to see it with my own eyes. Like, is this, it, are these things that are happening in cycles? Like we see on the media, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, here, there's a caravan coming and that kind of seems to happen on cycles on the media. Or is this like, is this every day? What, you know, is it as bad as they make it seem? Is it not that, you know, all the things I just had all the questions. And so to be able to go and put my feet on the ground and see it with my own eyes and to learn was really what drew me in. You know, I, you and I both live in states, although I am a border state to, uh, mm -hmm. to Mexico, we both have governors who are outspoken about immigration in mm -hmm. lots of ways. And so I think it is important for us to kind of understand what's happening in, in the smallest way that we possibly can. I I would right. never say that I understand immigration, like, but yeah. I have put myself in situations where I can, you know, see what's happening and be a part of what's happening um, in ways of just getting that proximity, which is what the trip is. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say to people who are listening, you might be thinking, well, this is great, Nikki and Jamie, that you got to have proximity. Like, this is not what I can do. My life doesn't afford me the reality to head down to the border. And I just want to say, it's why I show up to do podcast interviews. Like it's mm -hmm. why I bring people on my show who are experts because I want to expose you to things. And it's why I've been talking to Brie forever for the last couple of years about this stuff. And she has a great organization, which you're going to hear about called Women of Welcome. I love that so much that you were able to go and see. Mm -hmm. And I think I told everybody coming in, like the first time I went to the border and practically every time I go on these trips, I show up with a lot more questions mm -hmm. and I leave with even more questions. Like I don't leave going, guys, I know the solution. <laughs> I have got this figured out. I just leave with a lot more questions and compassion. And so you listed off a lot of questions that you had going in. But as you think about, you know, flying into San Diego, heading over into mm -hmm. Tijuana, what were some of the like main things that you're like, here's the questions I have about immigration, about our border, about what's happening? What were some of those uh, specifically? Yeah. Um, well, we've heard the term legal and illegal, right? And I wanted to know what that really meant because I tend to be a little bit of a rule follower, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. I have never understood if there is a legal way, then why don't they just come legally? Like mm -hmm. why, if there really is nothing wrong or if they're not trying to commit a crime or if they're not, you know, quote unquote bad, right? Mm -hmm. Like the bad guys, then why aren't they just doing it legally? Because that's truthfully the narrative that I've 
that I've heard. Like, oh, I don't care if they're here. They just need to do it legally, yeah. you know? Um, so I wanted to know what that meant, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and why, what drives people to to do that? I would say that's probably the main question. And then, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the wall and is the wall being built? Is it not being built? Who's it being built by? Is it really that bad? Is it not? People are just coming through it. They're coming over it. All that. I was like, I, what is this wall? Like, I didn't know, you know? And so I wanted to, um, try to understand the wall for, um, protection Mm. and also for receiving. Mm. Those are two big things that I think a lot of people would have questions about. And I think that Mm -hmm. there's this tension inside of us, like you said, like, I want people to just do what's right, like, just do Mm -hmm. the right way. And I think that narrative is not necessarily bad, you know, like, just follow the rules, guys, and where everyone Mm -hmm. gets along. I would like to ask you this, even though neither one of us are experts, how did you leave from you went in with this question of like, okay, explain to me legal and illegal. If people just do the legal way, everyone will be happy. And I'm not asking you to give me immigration 101 on laws, but how <laughs> did you feel after that? You had that question going in. How'd you leave about that question? Um, I left feeling like our laws may be unjust. Um, feeling like we need reform, definitely. Um, you know, we have the entire civil rights movement of people that were breaking unjust laws. And so again, I'm not calling for unlawlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, but are we holding tighter um a sinful country's man-made laws, or are we holding tight the people of God? Yeah. And I think that that's a tension that Women of Welcome and World Relief lets you really sit in. It's a, te- it's a tension I'm very uncomfortable in, but it's a tension that I think as believers in Christ, we need to be able to confront. You know, when you said that, it, like it gets me teary-eyed and I saw that it got you really teary-eyed too. And mm-hmm. I think it's because on one hand, we have the laws. Here's the law. And on the other hand, you and I went and sat with people mm-hmm. who are doing the best that they can, and they want to follow the law. They want to do yeah. what's right, and yet they can't. And I think that's where that that tension comes for us. And they can't because of the one thing that none of us have control over, and it's where we're born. Mm. And that just, why would we be greedy with such a blessing of God placing us right here in a country where we have opportunity, we have education, we have protection, we have rights. We have a voice. We have hope and a future for our kids, you know. Um, and someone else was born somewhere where those things are not true. Yeah. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it. Whatever it is 
could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss. The list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why dwell was created because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great, great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I had this conversation with Matt Sorens and Brie Stensrud, who is you'll also hear from in an episode. And um, I've been thinking about that tension that we feel as believers, mm-hmm. as what should be most important to me? Like, like where should my highest value be? Should it mm-hmm. be in like, guys, sucks to be you. Here's the law. Get in line. Mm-hmm. Or should it be? And I have compassion because everything you just said, like you can't help where you were born. I have compassion because of your life and and what is afforded you and what is not. And I have compassion. Um, and I feel the tension there. And I think you're right. Uh-huh. They let us sit in it and it's good. It's really good. Um, you mentioned the wall and um, nobody else has mentioned that in this conversation. Mm. And um, I too have very conflicting feelings about the wall. How mm-hmm. did you, you went in with questions. How'd you leave? With more questions? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> more confused, more conflicted. Um, no, I definitely. I mean, all of that is true. It's a joke, but it's also true. Um, but I definitely left um, with more compassion, and I I don't think compassion necessarily has come natural to me. You know, in years because of being the rule follower, like just do the right thing, right? Um, but you know, even in thinking about it, and if you just kind of break down the problem, if I'm in a neighborhood that has gang violence then I'm able to move to another neighborhood. It's unlikely that I even need to move cities or that I need to maybe even move states, but I have other state options. Like the thought of traveling across countries by foot even, you know what I mean? It like, it just shows how bad the situation is that they would leave. I think that, I think that's often what we focus on is that they're coming here and maybe potentially what we have to lose by them coming here. And we're not giving second thought to what they are fleeing from and what they are leaving. And I think when we pause to think about the journey that they're taking and what they could possibly be leaving all behind, I mean, just the smells of their food, the smells of their homeland, the, their language, their community, their family members. The I remember when my parents sold my childhood home, how sad I was. And I had my own home and I had my own family, but it was because it was home. And so no matter how bad it may be, it is their home. And there's a grief that they have to go through and leaving that. And so imagine going through the grief of having to say enough is enough. We can't do this anymore. And then traveling to a place where they know that they may not be welcomed to. Mm. And I think when you pause to think of the journey, then you can't help but to be compassionate. Mm, It's so good. It's so good. I would love to know for you coming home. 
I know there was a specific, um, and I, I could be assuming here, there was a specific kind of conversation that was had about mm-hmm. uh, a woman and an organization doing great work in, in uh, San Diego with helping people mm-hmm. with their path to citizenship that I felt like you was really moved by. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to hear from you, like, have you had any meaningful conversations or how has it impacted you on your way home? And is there any way that you foresee life looking different for you guys because of this trip? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it has to look different, right? Like there's conversations, like I said before, at the beginning of the interview, I've already, I have the people in my life, but I've never stopped to like have the conversations or to ask the questions, you know? Um, and so now I I have to, to do that. I have to take away something and it has to be different. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the conversation, we were at a church in San Diego and they were talking about this nonprofit organization that the church started called Pathway to Citizenship. And um, I learned that you can go through a course in the Department of Justice to get accreditation to, in short, give legal counsel and advice because we learned that there's a lot of fraud in it, right? And so we heard stories of that, of people saying, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to take you here for this amount of money and then dropping them off in the middle of a jungle, you know, or um, they're coming to the states and they got approved to seek asylum, but then they have to go through a court process and then they're paying these people for maybe an ad they found in a paper or on a, you know, little yard sign at an intersection, immigration lawyer, and they're paying these people money and then they're not getting anywhere with it. You know, so there's a lot of fraud um, on people who are very, very vulnerable. And so this nonprofit organization um, is able to offer legal counsel um, and legal advice to get them to the process of court. And then obviously there's a lawyer and stuff that does that. And that just really was like... I don't know, got my wheels turning, got my heart popping. Um, I have a friend that jokes with me that I always want to be all the things. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you only have one life to live. So <laughs> why not? But um, in 2020, I told my cousin, who's a, a lawyer, um, a corporate lawyer, I told him, yeah, I thought about going back to law school. I'm just, and he's like, you're not going back to law school. And it's like, obviously, I'm not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but I just thought it was really interesting that like I was talking to him about like, yeah, but like, I, I would want to do like pro bono work and mm. I'd want to, you know, and he's like, you're crazy, you know, but then three years later, I like hear this opportunity and it just lit a fire. So then I came back home. I went to church, uh, a friend of mine that just got her green card status. We just celebrated that with her, um, a couple of weeks ago. So she's able to work here now. Um, she has, uh, been interning at some places to try to get some experience and whatnot, but now she gets to be paid, which is huge for her family. Um, and I, you know, she saw my Instagram and saw that I went on the trip. And so I was like, Hey, I learned about this thing, you know, explained what I just explained here. And she, as I was explaining it, she got tears in her eyes. And I was like, do you think that that's something that you know, would be a value to, to the community here. And she's like, I am so happy to hear you talking about this. And she's like, you have no idea how hard it is. And she's mm-hmm. like, yes, it would be a value. Um, and then another friend kind of overheard us. We were just in the church lobby and she was like, Hey, will you, will you keep me in the loop on this? Like, I'm interested in this. And I was wow. like, okay, so, um, we're going to let the holidays pass. And at the beginning of the new year, kind of start a round table, uh, discussion of how we can help, um, our, you know, neighbors seek a legal pathway to citizenship that is 
um, and honesty and truth and without fraud. I, I love hearing that. And I think that everyone comes home from experiences and feels different things. And the Lord prompts them to do different things with their life. And I remember you told me that. And I just thought this is so beautiful because you already have people in your community who know this is a need. And mm-hmm. you have an opportunity in a way, your husband's a pastor, you have a church, you have all these things that could actually walk alongside and do this. And so it's really beautiful. Nikki, I'm so glad that you went to San Diego and Tijuana mm-hmm. with us. Um, yeah, great, thank great you for inviting me. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. And thanks for sharing your story today. I'm a happy hour. Thanks, Jamie. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell, and the show is edited by Jason Talley. You can start your day off right when you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.